Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. This week, we start the last and final book of the Torah, Parshat Devarim, of the Book of Devarim, Deuteronomy chapter 1 through chapter 3, verse 22. And the theme that we want to examine is truth. Historical truth versus story truth. So we're going to illustrate this theme with the vignette. And our story is going to be centered around a man we're going to call Daniel Strauss. Daniel is 46. And one day he overhears his dad, Max Strauss, who's 91, talking to Daniel's own daughter, Lisa, who is 12 years old. Now Max, the grandpa, is a refugee from Belgium. While he lost many relatives in the Holocaust, he himself was fortunate in coming to New York in 1938 safely, was able to attend school and uh, achieve a solid career in the United States. Max also served in the U.S. Army during the war, during World War II as a translator, but was never in combat himself. Now as Daniel hears his father in the present day talking to Lisa, he hears his dad telling some very dramatic stories of his exodus from Europe, dramatic escape stories. And then he hears his dad telling Lisa about all kinds of wartime heroics. Daniel knows that none of this actually happened. And he wonders two things. First of all, should he confront his dad about this confabulation? this kind of exaggeration? Is it lying? And second of all, should he tell his own daughter, 12-year-old Lisa, that her beloved grandpa is at the very least exaggerating and not telling the truth? Deuteronomy, Parshat Devarim, uh, is always read before Tisha B'Av, which is our great history holiday when we um, when we memorialize what happened to the Jews uh, 2,000 years ago, the destruction of the temple. The Parsha itself is a retelling, a coda, a recapitulation, starting with the departure from Sinai after God has given the, the uh, Ten Commandments at, at, at Mount Sinai. Moses recounts their departure. He recounts uh, the setting up of a judicial system. But something that interests me and that has interested commentators for centuries is the differences. The differences between what the story in the Torah told us back in Exodus and in Numbers versus what Moses is telling us now in Deuteronomy. So specifically with the story of the spies, there's, there's several interesting changes. In chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Moses says the following. Then all of you came to me and said, Let us send men ahead to reconnoiter the land for us, 
and bring back word on the route we shall follow and the cities we shall come to. I, Moses, approved of the plan, and so I selected twelve of your men, one from each tribe. Now the reason we've chosen this verse is because it so clearly contradicts the story in, in, uh, in Numbers, where we're told that God said to Moses, Shlach lecha anashim, send men to spy out the land. And yet in this story that Moses is telling, the people come to Moses. The people are solely responsible for sending the spies. So I think now I'm going to be really talking about the vignette because the story that you're talking about in our, in our Bible portion, exegetes have talked about what's the meaning of this change, uh, what, what does it teach us? Gallons of ink. That's right. Have been spilled. Right. And we can't really, can we fact check any of this? <laughs> can we actually no. get eyewitnesses or can we get data? Maybe we could for the story, for our vignette. Uh, maybe Daniel, you know, he's heard this story many times before. Maybe he's heard other stories from other family members. Maybe he's seen pictures. Maybe he's seen his father's army record and he kind of knows more what the truth is. But I'd say we come back to what is the meaning of this new truth that his dad is telling Lisa. Mm -hmm. So I would really encourage, and I'm assuming that the dad is cognitively intact. So we're, we're, we're not, let's, let's take that off the table right now, that, it's not a, that this new story is not the product of some kind of memory change, mm -hmm. but has some kind of maybe, as you suggested, deep unconscious, there's a meaning to it. And I would encourage Daniel to speak to his father and to gently and respectfully point out that the story is different. And he wonders, you know, what's, what, what, how did that come to be? Interesting. Because I think there's a meaning. I mean, when I look at the changes from what Daniel knows the story to be from before and what he's hearing his dad tell Lisa now, the father is embellishing it to make it more heroic, yes. to make it more grand. So I could imagine, I'm speculating, yes. I could imagine that he's doing that because particularly as he gets older, some of the, the violence and trauma of those events are coming back to him. He doesn't want to share that with his granddaughter. And so he's choosing to make a sort of more uh, fun and glorious story um, that shields her uh, sort of uh, from from what actually happened. And another side that I can think of is that maybe he feels a kind of survivor guilt ah. that he didn't go through this terrible time that other survivors did, you know, in this sort of hierarchy of suffering that people can get into, that he actually had a pretty benign experience and he feels maybe almost ashamed of that. And I want to point out one other possibility, which is very unlikely, but it is possible that he's telling some of the truth here. And that perhaps his son just wasn't aware that he perhaps he hid this all these years. Yeah. And uh, just because it doesn't agree with the narrative that his son knows doesn't necessarily mean it's it's totally false. That's right. It has some meaning to him, and it is it is definitely something to explore. As I said, gently um, and in a kind of discreet way, not in front of the daughter. Now, what happens if we discover family secrets? And we, or, or we don't discover them, we know them. And we're debating, do we share, do we not? 
with our children, our siblings. You know. Well, this is a kind of thing that you read like in these New York Times ethicist columns and other columns all the time. So I think a kind of good rule is, is this important or relevant to the person who is directly affected? Like, is this information that matters to the person who doesn't know? Mm. So in other words, let's say Daniel knew that his father had been married before and that family, uh, that, that, that he was, I don't know, that the grandfather was divorced. Is there any relevance for him? And, and the grandfather never tells that story to Lisa. Um, is there any relevance for Lisa to know this? There's nothing important that she's missing by not knowing this aspect of her father's story. Interesting. Okay, let's say, let's say Daniel knows that he's adopted. Does he need to tell his daughter that uh -huh. question, uh -huh. uh, that information? It, it seems to me he does. It seems to me she deserves to know her genetic it's history. It's part of her, her story. It's part of her story. Right. Yes, it is part right. of her story. Well, it, you know, and cause here she is thinking like, oh, I'm just like, let's say she says, you know, I'm, I'm so like grandpa. I, 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 uh -huh. you know, I love the same things. I love these yes. stories. I'm so proud that I'm related to him. And Daniel knows that she's actually not biologically related to Grandpa. So it could be damaging. Well, or, it's, or it's damage complicated. Her sense of self. Right. It, it's complicated. But right. But my guess is she would still ultimately want to know, or at least I would want to know if I were in that situation. I'm thinking of an article that I'd like to refer our listeners to um, in the New York Times called "The Stories That Bind Us" from 2013. Uh, which is all about the uh, family narratives that that families create, and it's based on a um, a psychological study by two researchers, Duke and Fivish, and they found that children have particularly good outcomes. They they have high levels of well-being when they have a deep knowledge of their family history, and so actually telling family history can be very important, um, and having a family narrative. And, uh, and something interesting that they discovered was that if you, some narratives are ascendant, they're positive, things have always been getting better for our family. Some are the opposite, things have always been getting worse for us. But the most powerful family narratives were the ones that were nuanced, where things have been good for us at times, at other times we struggled, and, uh, but we've always stuck together. And that can be very powerful for a child. Right, so coming back to how important is the factual truth? I think that the difference between historical truth that maybe we can see as the, the, the stories that can be fact-checked, that we can get data to support, and the kind of narrative truth, how our story is told, what it means to us, are really very different. And there isn't any exact one way to do it. Hello, my name is Max Hollinger, producer and editor of Pastoral Parsha. I'm here to let you know that Pastoral Parsha is a part of the Yeshivat Chobavei Torah podcast network. And if you like what you just heard, why don't you check out some of our other shows, like The Joy of Text, in which Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Yeshiva of YCT, and sex therapist Vasheva Marcus discuss topics in Judaism and sexuality. Or check out Igris Moshe, a YCT project by Rabbi Dov Linzer, in which he tries to bring the works of legendary scholar of Moshe Feinstein into the modern world. Thank you so much for listening and have a good Shabbos.